Hey, this is Pastor Steve Berger with This Is That, where we bring biblical clarity to cultural chaos. We want to thank you for listening today. And remember, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel or to this podcast so you don't miss another episode. God bless you. We pray that this is a blessing for you today. Hey, what's up, everybody? Pastor Steve Berger here with another episode of This Is That. Now, I just have to be so totally honest and transparent right now and tell you, we are getting ready to start this new series. Man, oh man, I'm telling you, this is going to be one of the weightiest, heaviest, most sober series that I've done in a very, very long time. There's going to be stuff that I share in this that is going to shock you. It's going to straighten you up. It's going to cause you to take an uh, a look at things that maybe you've never looked at them through this lens before, but um, man, oh man, here we go. So this new series that I'm starting is called The Planting of Satan, The Planting of Satan. And what we're going to deal with is Satan's attack on the church through people who attend church. Now, you need to notice there that I'm not saying that these people who attack the church are in the church. I said they attend church. They're not in the church because they're not in Christ, but they do attend the church. And in many cases, they'll attend church for years and years and years and decades. And yet Satan uses them as plants to wreak havoc in the church, in the body of Christ, as they attend church themselves. This is shocking truth, I I know, but uh, wait until we unpack this over the next few weeks. And again, I I think it's really going to bring some clarity to you. You're going to understand why you have seen and witnessed, experienced things that you weren't sure how to how to make sense of it or or, or how to define it. This is going to help you, uh, I promise you, and it's going to help you moving forward uh, when you see things start to get crazy, um, you know, in church communities. You're going to understand the root of it and and what's the cause of all of this stuff. So get ready. Here we go. God, help us in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, come and be our teacher right now and our guide. Speak to us, O God, in Jesus' name. So, As a brand new believer, I remember being shocked when I first read and and really understood what Paul was talking about in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 9. Let me read this for you. And and again, pay attention to this, this list that I'm going to read and we're going to observe. 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 9. Paul says, but know this that in the last days, perilous times will come. Now, let me explain to you what that word perilous means because it it doesn't just mean chaotic at all. It's much deeper than that. Perilous means it's it's a time of stress. It It is a time of the reduction of people's strength, a weakening. Um, you, you, we might say that it's it's people just having a, a a falling down, a broken, weakened state of heart, mind, and spirit. And so Paul says, you need to understand this, that in the last days, 
There are going to be these times of weakening, stress, reduction of strength. It's going to happen in the last times. Now, he gives you a list why these perilous times are going to come. And the first thing he says is, for men will be lovers of themselves. They're going to be lovers of money. They're going to be boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control. They will be brutal, despisers of what's good. They're going to be traitors, meaning betrayers. They're going to be headstrong. They're going to be haughty. It means prideful and arrogant. They're going to be lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Now listen to this next part. They're going to have a form of godliness, but they're going to deny the power of God. Okay, so let let me just put this on pause for a second. So when I first started reading this, as a brand new believer, I'm going through the list and I'm, I'm looking and going, man, yeah, that sure does describe people in the world. You know, they love themselves and they love money and they're boasters, proud, blasphemers. Like I totally got it. It's like, yeah, these are the people in the world. And then when I got to this last little section right here, that they would have a form of godliness, but resist the power of God. I was like, wait, what? Paul's not talking about people who are just like out in the world and the horrible sinners that you and I would kind of identify. No, these are people who live the lives of horrible sinners, but they do it while portraying a form of godliness. They live this diabolical way while attending churches while playing the part, by playing the role, by singing the songs and going through certain church motions. They have a form of godliness, but listen to what they do. They actually resist and deny and reject the power of God from changing their own lives. And so they're happy being this kind of counterfeit, camouflage, phony believer. And they are in churches. And Paul says that in the last days, they're going to be even more. And they're going to cause havoc and they're going to cause stress. And they're going to wear people down by their ungodliness. And they're going to cause people to be less strong in their own faith because they see people living this this duplicitous type of lifestyle. They have a form of godliness, but they actually deny or resist the power of God, changing their own lives while they sit in church services. Paul says, and from such people, turn away, get away from them. And he goes on, for of this sort are those who creep into households and they make captives of gullible women. It means they creep in unawares and they manipulate people who are struggling and going through weak times. He says, they're always learning, but they're never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. They sit in church. They hear sermons. They hear Bible study. They're always learning, but they never come to the knowledge of the truth. We would just say it like this, bro, you listen to it all the time, but you just don't get it. 
You don't come to the knowledge of the truth. You're always learning. You, you might even agree with the pastor about a certain point or be able to quote a scripture. You're always learning, but you don't ever really get it. Always learning, but never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now he gives us an example. He says, now as Jannes and Jambres, these were the Egyptian magicians who resisted Moses. Now as Jannes and Jambres resisted Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Saying that there's a parallel here between these same types of people. They are men, listen, of corrupt minds. They are disapproved concerning the faith. And they're going to progress no further. For their folly will be manifest to all, as also Jannes and Jambres was. You see, it's not a good end result for these people who have a form of godliness but deny the power. No, man, they end up, they don't progress in, in Christ because they're not in Christ. And eventually their folly, their sin, their foolishness, their wickedness, it's going to become manifest to everybody. So heavy passage of scripture that's just kind of an introduction into what we're talking about. The planting of Satan and how Satan plants people in church communities that aren't part of the church to attack the church. So in my inexperience and in my naivete, I was shocked as a brand new believer to think that there were people like this attending church. Again, having this form of godliness. Because I would ask myself a question, didn't everyone have the same radical, undeniable, life-altering, life-savoring encounter, encounter with Jesus that I did? I would ask myself, how could anyone attending church have a form of godliness, but actually resist and deny God's power from changing their own life? Like, dude, why would you even sit in church if you weren't consumed with being transformed by the power of God. Why would you even play such religious games? It was unfathomable to me. I would find myself asking myself the question, how could anyone attend church and yet creep into people's lives and take advantage of people and manipulate people? How could there be people like that who were sitting in church services? How could anyone attending church always be learning but never really getting it? it? It just didn't add up to me. It didn't make sense to my inexperience and my, again, my naivete. How could church people actually resist truth and spiritual authority? How could they do that? How could they tell God no? And how could they resist the local God-ordained spiritual authority of the church and tell church leaders no and come against them and attack them? Why would they even be in church? I just didn't get it. And then finally, how could people who attend church uh, have corrupt minds and be disapproved concerning the faith? I just didn't get it. I, I couldn't get my head around it because my own experience with Jesus was so deep and so real and so profound and so life-changing. It just didn't even register to me that there could be people sitting in church 
who not only didn't have my same experience, but actually were there in the church services as a plant of Satan to wreak havoc in the church. I didn't even get it. I didn't know how that could be possible. Well, then, (laughs) with a little time and a little experience, and then entering into pastoral ministry, bro, I'm just telling you, I started seeing things like never before. In church circles, if you haven't figured this out, let me just be clear. In church circles, there are unbelievably ungodly people who are both in the pew as well as in the pulpit. These people have an agenda that is totally contrary to the agenda of the kingdom of God. Their agenda is the worm-riddled kingdom of self and Satan. Make no mistake about it. And they are sitting in churches today. They're doing whatever they have to, playing whatever part to get their way, to fulfill their own lustful desires and their own selfish satanic agenda. Again, all while being in church and claiming to be followers of Jesus. Wow. Whoa. Like, it's it's real, y'all. It is real. And I have now watched it in the church, around the church, for 40 years. So if you've been in church for a while, I'm sure you've seen people like this. The church in America has no shortage of them at all. Now, this whole thing is a warning, but let me let me just give you a warning. As we get closer to the return of Jesus, as the end times wrap up, we are going to see an increase in these kinds of people and they are going to cause stress. They're going to cause a reduction in strength in people. They're going to cause a weakening in the church and in society because, again, they are the plants of Satan. They are demonic plants in the midst of the church and in society as a whole, and their job is to fulfill a satanic agenda. And so it's time for believers to wake up to this reality, to pay attention to what's happening. It's time to be aware, to be on guard, and to understand the reason for the satanic things happening in church circles today. It's time for your spiritual discernment to be heightened like never before. It's time for you to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might because Satan is planting people in church circles to create stress, a weakening, a wearing down of real followers of Jesus. That is the sober reality and that is the warning of scripture. And so I would encourage you, go back through this list Uh, in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 9, and start looking at these characteristics. And when you start seeing people, I don't mean someone who makes a mistake here and there and confesses their sin and is in right relationship with God and other people. I'm talking about people who habitually live by these very demonic characteristics while they're in churches. I would encourage you. I would exhort you in the Lord Jesus Christ you better do what the scripture tells you to do. And that is get away from them. And from such people, Paul says, turn away. Oh, well, that doesn't sound very Jesus-like. And yeah, listen, 
Jesus isn't like a lot of what we think Jesus is like. The scripture, the Holy Spirit said through Paul, and from such people turn away. That is gospel clarity with gospel conviction and gospel instruction. Make sure you follow it when you find yourself in the midst of people like this. All right, we'll see you next time on This Is That, where we unpack again the planting of Satan, part two. God bless you guys. We'll see you soon. Wake up, be aware, stand on guard, and be strong in Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you guys.